Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. Hi, Misha. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so the new computer. You got a new computer. I'm in desperate need of a new computer, but we don't know how the cloud works. Nope. I don't know what the hell's going on. And then I tried to get an external hard drive for my old one because it's like docu- really documents I don't want to lose, book ideas, notes, um, from stuff I haven't written, to be written. And I got an external hard drive, and then we couldn't get it to, like, eject and so I was like trying to figure it out and then Adam came over and force ejected it and I was like no no and then when I put it back on my computer there was nothing on it no and I had spent like days getting pictures and no listen I'm gonna tell you this if you believe in this kind of thing but mercury is in retro <laughs> yes that's right and I shit you not I have felt it more this last week like our washing machine is broken we had a flood in the basement uh, we have a frozen pipe that I just discovered was actually frozen because it's defrosting rapidly all over the floor. <gasps> Thank God it didn't oh, rupture. No. Um, and then the computer was, but I think the key is just share documents to the cloud and then everything else. I mean, I don't take pictures on my computer. So I'm like, why do I need all these photos on my computer? I don't. But then I also, there's this weird psychology of thinking if I delete it, yep. up, you know, so I'm putting it on a hard drive. Like, yep. Same. Yeah, but then I'm like, you're still paranoid, right? Is there somebody who specializes in this? Give us a ring. Please help us be grown-ups with technology. We're basically 75. We have <laughs> we have hit the thresholds. <laughs> Other than that, how's your new year? What are you juggling? Um, good. <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm just trying to get back on track. So it's a lot of like getting the planner out. I start teaching in a, you know this month. And I'm working on revising my novel um, and having meetings with them and calls with my agent. And there's just a lot, you know, and then thinking about the new year, I'm really excited about our trip. And then my brother's getting married in Albuquerque in May. And my agent's getting married in June. And so we're going to go up there. And then I have my 20 year high school reunion in August. Are you going to go? I think so. They, my, I only graduated with like uh, 90 people. Okay. So my the people who are planning it message me and be like, when can you come? Because <laughs> there's not very many of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. That's so cool. I didn't go to mine, but I, you know, I feel like I didn't, I went to three different high schools. So okay. by the time I landed, I was kind of like, eh, it was a little lackluster. And my best friend from high school passed away. So I was like, I don't know. I'm not going without him. Like it would not be, oh, that's it wouldn't be as much fun. So I stayed home. Yeah. Well, what else? What are you juggling this week? I feel like there's still Christmas stuff everywhere. There's still like gifts that need to be put away. And I'm really trying to get like my goals listed out mm-hmm. for 2023. And I just printed out this morning, our our friend Bex has this incredible like free worksheet that I do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I have it right here. I'll read it Link it, a, link it up. Yeah, I will. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like you sign up for her uh, newsletter and she sends you this and it's about fail proofing your goals. 
and then you light it on fire which is uh, oh no oh that's hard for me as <laughs> a capricorn i'd be like oh, but I, I need it i need this well you can take a photo of it save it okay. 75 times across all of your yeah. devices and then light it on fire perfect yeah so i highly recommend it i love it i mean i think my word of the the year is going to be stop just like stop all the shit good that sounds great Well, we just had our guest sign in. Hi, Kaylee. Hi. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to uh, be chatting with you both. Your microphone is pure gold. It sounds so good. Oh, good. I bought this for myself for Christmas. Listen, this is an A+. Yes, you I love that. I have a million million mic stands, but for some reason I was like, no, I need the cute tripod. Yes. I'm about to introduce you, but you're our first guest who is actually a touring musician with a touring musician partner, and we thought it would be really fun just to kind of talk, talk about that about chaos. Talk about craziness, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and read the, your bio. Today we have Kaylee Goldsworthy. Welcome to the show. Hi. She's a multi-instrumentalist and singer-songwriter from Syracuse, New York, who's lived in New York, L.A., Nashville, and is now settled in Philly with her boyfriend of five-plus years, Joe Godino, drummer of the Menzingers, and their rescue dog, Maisie. She is, uh, has been a hired gun for bands like Dave Haas, Bayside, and Kevin Devine, and a member of Frank Iero and the Future Violence. She's toured solo with Frank Turner and just finished a U.S. run with L.S. Dunes and will be heading out on their UK-EU tour this month. And she released her sophomore LP, Learning to be Happy, in 2022 on Memory Music. In her spare time, she loves art classes, spending time outside, playing with her dog, cooking, and playing video games. (laughs) So it's funny because I feel like our circles have been like rotating for a minute. Our very first guest, Camille Nolan, um, when we asked her what she was listening to, your LP was what she brought up. I heard that episode, and when I tell you that I spontaneously started to cry oh. while listening, um, I, I was I felt, and then actually, uh, she placed a merch order with me around the holidays, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is feels- so- it's it's the most wholesome and like never like it's one of those situations where we've never met in person but like the um the support and the love is like so tangible um and it just makes me feel really really good um because oftentimes as I'm sure we'll discuss it's very difficult to feel seen when you do your own thing um and your partner also does their own thing but it's on a much larger scale yes yeah, I relate. And I know Camille probably does too. And so it's so cool that she found your work. Oh, <laughs> I should do a song together. I would oh, love yeah. that. I would love that. I love your top, by the way. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, I so felt cute. a little saucy today. Um, I, My dog ate something strange on a walk yesterday and I was afraid because oh also we live in South Philadelphia I don't know if you're familiar with like the mummers parade at all um on New Year's Day Philadelphia has this thing called the mummers parade and what a mummer is I don't really know I'm not but it's an excuse for grown men to wear like dresses clown outfits face paint and and um play in a marching band and get drunk 
for 24 hours. So our entire neighborhood is blocked off. Our street is now off to the side. We used to live on two street. Now we're the, um, like the drug P street. Yep. Yeah. Um, so walking my dog any week at the week after the first is like always a gamble. And so I was like, great. I bet that there was I bet there was weed in that candy sheet. <laughs> oh my God. So she had me up until like four o'clock in the morning, like whining, needing to go to the bathroom, eating like, oh, she's no. usually pretty chill. So I was like, today I was like, you know what? I'm bringing it. Sounds like SantaCon in Manhattan. Yes. Like every yes. year we are like, let's go for a stroll in New York and just enjoy everything. And every year we go and we get there and we're like, fuck it's Santa. yeah we have done it again <laughs> you get on the subway and you're like oh no you see one person wearing a setup you're like oh and every street is key street it's oh, bad. yeah um what kind of dog do you have well we were told she was a border collie um and we did the doggy dna test turns out she is half pit bull half australian cattle dog so both of the dogs that most pet like boarding places won't accept <laughs> It's, just, um, it's so not right. It's not fair at all. No, it's not. She has a lot of anxiety. So she, we don't have any children, but she's very much like a, a a larger responsibility than just probably your average dog. She's on human Prozac. Like she stayed with my parents when we were both on tour recently. And like we had to go to their local drugstore to get my dog's <laughs> prescription refilled. Um, but we're, we're doing oh, it, you know, we're yeah. making moves. <laughs> there it's it's a whole it's a whole thing it's a whole thing I think dogs are harder than children if you have like the there's a specific type of dog that really because you can't just find a babysitter you know sometimes it's challenging especially if they have anxiety or they have aggression or our little rescue who's almost perfect in every way except that now she's she like knows she has a home and so she's very defensive she like yeah tried to bite the landscaper she tried to bite the groomer but not in a I mean I see it I when I say it out loud it sounds worse than no it is. I hear you because I also have to do the same thing where I'm like she's not aggressive she's afraid and yes. there's a very big difference and dogs will nip at you or bite you or try to come at you if they think that you're invading their space and living in a city oh my gosh like, we just don't even take Maisie for walks a lot because I'm like, having to explain this to people is just so complicated. I know. So I'd just rather not. And mm. people will just get in your space, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do- oh, my dog's friendly. Or Just because your dog is friendly or just because you're a dog person. The number of times I've said, please don't make eye contact with her when you walk into our house. Don't give her your hands. Don't get on her level. She needs to be invisible so that she can sniff you out. People mm-hmm. are like, I'm a dog person. Yeah. Do the exact thing I asked them not to do. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're the dog whisperer and like short of sending a strongly worded letter to mm. every friend who walks through the door. It's, it's challenging. Some, someone made a joke during the holidays. It was like, oh, do you have the the manual for your for greeting your dog? And I was like, <laughs> not a bad idea to send yeah. that out to family around the holidays. Yeah. And the holidays are stressful for Oh, animals. very, yeah. very stressful. Well, okay. So it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> so so about the dog podcast. This is a dog podcast, right? Cool. Great. It's really dogs. Po. Um, Love it. Crying about books. Challenges. Ooh, yes. Love that. Philosophy, apparently. Uh, yes. Philosophy. Yeah. We, yes. We're, we're huge in German philosophy podcast. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's go. So what are you juggling this week? This week, I am 
very much, I think, in like you, I, I was hearing you talk about like what your mantra is for the year. I've been kind of trying to do the same thing and try and organize things in a way where, um, you know, New, New Year's resolutions are really hard to stick to if you don't have like a quantifiable way to measure if you're doing the thing. Um, and so I challenged both like, oh, Joe, my my partner, bless him. He's always just like, anytime I'm like, all right, let's talk. He's like, about feelings. Like, I'm just like, no, not feelings, but close. Very like, similar. Let's, yeah. yeah. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about three, three things we want to do this year. And then put three things under each of those three things as to how you can actually do them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been kind of, my mantra for the year is just create. I feel like I spent a lot of this past year kind of recalibrating after the absence of live music from the pandemic and being so sucked into the music business of how to make moves on a business side. And I forgot that like nobody's really doing anything for you except you. So like if you're just trying to try and like be an active listener to the music industry, like nothing's going to happen. You're going to say, I want to do this, 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 but unless you're actually like knowing the people that can make that happen, it's oftentimes just like being bummed when those things don't work out. And I'm not saying that they don't work out every time. Sometimes they do, but I just needed to kind of change my frame of thought and try to figure out what I could do. So I just want to create. I just want to make music with my friends. I just want to expand upon the community that I've worked so hard in the past 18 years. And just kind of like, if it's a song, if it's just practicing covers because that helps you become a better player, if it's writing music with your friends, if it's taking art classes, like I just need to do something every day. And then I have a little, I'm looking at my whiteboard that I bought for the new year (laughs) that I already gridded out with tape. So that I have like two songs and like a win and like a thing, you know, like a better luck next time, a lesson that I've learned, something like that. I just need to create every day instead of thinking that the creations that I've made up to this point will carry me. That's not how it goes. I love that. I I feel like this is the year for that, too. After so many years of just like just being stuck in this weird kind of middle ground, somebody described 2022 as a pandemic hangover year. Um, and even though obviously like COVID is still a thing and, and it's been up and down, it's felt like that. Like it's, it's felt like, well, I don't have an excuse really this year to feel so bad all the time or so unmotivated because the world is happening. Everything's back. Yeah. I think we've all learned, okay, this is how the world is now. We've had a year to like kind of put our foot out and be like, nope. Okay. That's still, we're still not ready for that, but like, okay, we can do this, you know? So I think, yeah, I feel like we're all now those of us who want to venture out into the world feeling prepared to actually do something with this existence, like now we have the tools to do it. Yeah. And I love that the goal is just create. I feel like personally, that's a good goal for every single person. And I love that you also are quantifying it so you can see how far you've come. But also, I don't know, you might have other caveats as like what you want to do with your creations. But the fact that that's not part of that discussion, I think is so wonderful. Yeah, I think that the once I start accumulating these 
bits, then I'll be able to be like, okay, now it's time to make this the project instead of being like, okay, here's the project now work, 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 work towards it. Like, how about we have fun with the process and then figure out what that process becomes. Um, I think especially in any creative field, you're so consumed by like the end goal that like not giving myself what that end goal is yet is helpful. Oh yeah. I got chills. I really love that. I think that's really important. We'll see. It's January. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, actually, my record's coming out in May. I got but the whiteboard is here. <laughs> and I hope yes. it stays there. I yes. bolted it in so it can't come off the wall. <laughs> I love it. It'll just be staring at you at some point. Exactly. In yeah. But that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I love, we've learned a lot about your process. I, I think this is really inspiring. But what else would listeners be surprised to hear about your life? Well, it's funny because it's such a part of my life that I've forgotten to tell to like tell people as an adult now that I don't live with my sister, but I'm an identical twin. Wow. Uh, we were in a band together through college. So there was a long period of time where like identical twin band thing. And then she moved to Chattanooga and started doing her own thing. Um, but I think growing up, we always knew we were the twins. So it stopped being something we told people like as a personality trait once we started not living in the same town. Um, so to this day, still like people that I'm like, how did you not know I was a twin? Like if Kalina can come through at a show, people are like, what is happening? <laughs> are you both singers? Yeah. Uh, so she uh, like I went to college for violin and my sister went to college for voice, but we both went to the same college and had an overall major in music business. So we both like went to the same college with the same major, showed up to classes wearing the same thing, like on, un, like total, total twin stuff. It's very strange. And she just had uh, a baby. Uh, so over the holidays, I got to see my niece, Olive, who I learned because we're identical twins, she has half my DNA. And when oh. I tell you this baby looks more like me than my sister in the baby photos, it's pretty great. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't have to do any work. That must be yeah, so no work fun. at all. Yeah, you just get the best parts. And like when she was getting kind of fussy because it was her first time being out of her house for so long, like she would come to me and I was like, you think I'm your mom? Oh my God. <laughs> this is great. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. It was special. It was really special. I love that so much. I'm sure you'll have such a cool relationship as she grows up too. I'm very much looking forward to being the cool aunt who can get her into shows or take her to the city or, you know, do stuff like that. Yeah. Very excited. Kids. Kids are a lot of fun, mm -hmm. especially when they're someone else's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have fun. Oh, no. You're in a bad mood. <laughs> Mom, what's up? Yeah, I know. I have like 15 nieces and nephews, so it's like it's a fun relationship, but a lot to deal with when they become teenagers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking okay. about all this. All the, now the oldest is 25, so, you know, there's a lot of my close nephews who live here are in those teenagers with my son, and it's it's a ride. But you have an adorable I'm little baby. I'm scared of teenagers. Yeah, you have an adorable little baby. I'm so. terrified yeah. of them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me and Adam both. Teenagers have been scary since I was one. Yeah. They're so intimidating. Mm. They're just like, mm -hmm. they're just so, like, such a rough exterior. Especially now that they have the internet all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I hated being a teenager and I didn't have the internet. Same. Or, like, I had 15 minutes of dial-up, yep. you know, or whatever. 
Oh, yeah. They're so much cooler than us. And they know shit so easily. Like TikTok. (sighs) Like, I'm like, wait, what? It takes me four hours to make one stupid post. And you're just like ripping them. And they're like, okay, cool. Oh, my gosh. My nine-year-old was like, mom, I heard you and dad talking about minivans, which we don't want, but we're really desperate for a car that fits us all. And he was like, I looked it up on YouTube and there's minivans with um, vacuums. And he's and he said, I found the best minivans. So if you want to talk about it. And he's nine. I'm like, I do not know how to do that on YouTube. He's like, pitching you a minivan? Yeah. I love that. Oh, my gosh. He's a lot like Adam in that, like, really, he's going to go to, like, Kelly Blue Book for every, like, a bit of information. And <laughs> oh, That's so cute. That's amazing. Can you give us some background, specifically things that you're proud of, past, present, future? Yeah. So I think my past, I'm really proud of, uh, I was I was talking to someone not long ago about the whole, um, like, if you could tell your, your younger self something, what would, what would your advice be? And at first I thought I was going to say something like, um, you know, stand your ground and make sure you say no to things that don't serve you. And then I realized that part of the biggest lessons I've ever had in my life were like the tough ones. And I was like, no, maybe, maybe the most thing that I'm proud of in my past is the fact that I did all the things, even though I was like, I don't know if this is right for me, but I'm going to try it. And then when it wasn't right, then being like, no. And, and then you can say you did it and you can say you, you, drew your boundary and you learned from it and then you have that experience to then move forward Um, and that's something that I'm really proud of my past self my present I'm just I'm stoked on my whiteboard man (laughs) like (laughs) I love the fact like especially for the past two years being someone who struggles with anxiety and depression it's been really difficult to lift yourself out of that Um, and so I think presently I'm just excited about trying to go about my life very much in the, with the same outcome, but in a different process. I need to try mm-hmm. something else because being sad all the time about the things that aren't working out, the things that aren't happening, those don't have anything to do with me. I'm just mm-hmm. allowing them to affect my life. So if I can just focus on the whiteboard, yep. <laughs> I should probably name the whiteboard. Um, yeah. and, and then I can kind of like gauge my own, you know, just try and derive my own feelings based on what I'm, I'm doing and how I'm trying to help myself. Um, in the future, I, I'm really just excited to see the the one thing that I've always tried to do with my music career is be a good hang, like be good at my job and be a, a person that people like hanging out with, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to being an opener on a tour or being a hired gun like Yes, you need to be able to play your parts, but like 90% of how you get those jobs is not because you're good at music. It's because people like being around you, can count on you, and then you also can play the music. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that I'm looking the most forward to is is not leaning completely on that, but just allowing that to kind of help guide me as I as I continue to to forge new relationships with other people. I love that. That was those were three very solid bits they were (laughs) well so yeah very insightful the like when in the present time in your whiteboard I was thinking there's this think quote that's been going on in my head it's like what got you here won't get you there and I feel like that's really relevant I like that yeah to like where you're saying like I that I've maybe the outcomes will be the same but a new process 
And so I think that's really wise. And I love the idea of charisma and networking and levity and like being an easy person for people to connect with is like, is so, I feel like maybe it's underrated or like, I've never heard anyone actually be like, this is what my job is to be, have charisma and be graceful and be present. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know if I could ever personally call it charisma because I feel like I am You've like a, I'm like yeah, a baby absolutely. I'm like a baby deer. I'm like <laughs> charisma. I'm not sure, but I'm treading lightly and I'm trying to look graceful while I do it. That's no, cute. but it's you know you're coexisting with people, and I think yeah. that's that's the part that people don't really understand is just the the summer camp aspect of touring and and being able to like stomach each other for long periods of time and want to be. And it's also interesting being a woman in that role um, because it is very much like I don't think I'm going to be shocking anyone by saying that it still very much is a man's world and it very much is a boys club. And so to to always like make sure that that I am. There's a there's there's like a lot of, you know, you hang with guys all the time. You hang with guys all the time for better or worse. And so like learning how to navigate that and just kind of be one of the guys and also just like be able to take that time for yourself. Like you don't always have to go out and do all the lunches or all the dinners with the people. Like I'm kind of one of those people who when I'm in London, I'm like, oh, I have to go to this place to get fish and chips. Like, yo, I'm leaving in 15 minutes. If you are coming with me, you'll be with me in 15 minutes. If not, I'll (laughs) see you at the show. Like, you know, I just need also carving that time out for yourself. That also makes you a more valuable person, I think, in a group because you're not so like just kind of codependent upon everyone else. And you still have, you know, you can still kind of show that like, hey, I do my own thing. You do your own thing too. That's great. Let's, we'll come together and have a great show. Yep. Love it. Okay, so this next question is a little different for you. It's a lot different for you, maybe even. (laughs) So normally we ask what advice you have for the partners at home, like tips and encouragement and tricks. So, but for you, it's it's kind of, it's different, obviously, because sometimes you're on the road. So what we asked the guys, our husbands were on the last show, was like, what are your, what's like advice for you on the road? But then also your partner tours. So Chandra and I were kind of curious what what's harder like when you're on the road or he's on the road or uh, any advice in that realm or just kind of insight into how you to manage that yeah i think the biggest thing that we figured out is and i think i've heard it kind of uh echoed on on your podcast as well is really figuring out communication style and really figuring out what each person needs when the person's home and what each person needs when the person is gone. Um, because everything that I need when Joe is gone is stuff that I assume he also needs from me when I am gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for the first like year or two of us dating, it was like, we were on, first off that first year, like you're just madly in love and you're like, we have to talk every single day. And then like year two, we were like, we still have to talk every single day. And then like, finally we were like, maybe we don't because like we, especially the two of us, like we both know what tour looks like. Oh, cool. I don't need to call you to be like, I woke up. I had coffee. I walked around for a little while. I found this cool coffee shop and I had another coffee. And then I went to the venue and loaded. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I do care. I care that you're happy. I care that you're having a good day. I don't like inevitably you will call me when I have just sat down on the couch with my dinner and you're like, 
And I'm like, this doesn't, this isn't working. Yeah. Um, so we, we recently, and I've talked to other people who've had partners on tour and I'm like, yo, like, how do you, how often do you guys talk? And I've had some conversations where people were like, yeah, he doesn't tour anymore because like it, we really were just like fighting all the time. And I was like, well, maybe you wouldn't fight if you wouldn't talk. <laughs> and I mean that, I mean that in the kindest way, like, yeah. like half of the struggle was a struggle that we created by feeling like we needed to carve out this time for each other when really this is the time for you to shine. And for if he's gone for you to shine and for me to like, get some shit done. Like yes. I've got a fucking whiteboard right here and I have a, <laughs> I've got to fill it up with stuff. And when you are home, we do a lot more of bonding time. Yeah. Um, and this is a time when I work and I don't know what he does when I'm gone, but I'm busy when I'm yeah. going, you know? Yeah. Especially when you're like, you're sitting in your studio, you're writing, you're working, yeah. you're in a creative space and suddenly your phone's ringing 10 times. Yes. A hundred percent. I totally feel that so That's deeply in my soul. Yeah. Amazing. And, I love and that. on top of it, I have a work from home job. I've had it for the yeah. past five years. It was something that thank goodness I had it to carry me through the pandemic, but it's always been something I've done from the road. So it's not like I don't have a shortage of things that I can be doing when he's gone. It's not like I'm like, also, I would, I, <laughs> There's a part of me that thinks like, do they all think that we're all just like, huh? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what they're doing right now. Like, I don't. I don't feel that way anymore. And maybe the gloss is just kind of worn off because, you know, I'm sure you guys feel probably very similar. It's like we know what happens on these tours. Yeah. You know, you bring up a really good point. It's like, do they think that we're just waiting around? And sometimes I think they almost feel a sense of obligation to be yes. checking in. So when you have that talk and you're like, listen. Unless you have a joy or a trauma, do not call me. Like, I don't need the middle. I don't need the neutral mm -hmm. shit. Just like, it's great. I'm fine. I'm doing, I'm thriving. You're thriving. Let's, we don't love each other any less. We will just connect when it's good for both of us. Imagine how much cool shit you'll have to talk about when you get home instead of just being like, oh, we don't need the tiny 30 second snippets of the cool yeah. thing. Like, there have been times though recently over the past year where Joe and I were like, oh shit, we haven't talked in like over a week. Like, yeah should we, we should probably talk, right? Like we have that conversation. Like that's kind of how we go now. Like we'll text every day, but yeah, yeah the, the phone call is a little less frequent. Uh, and I think that it's helped us quite a bit because then also the most important thing that I'm finding as I get older is to be present wherever I am. Um, mm, yeah. and, and your, your chosen family, the people that you choose to be around, it's very important to give them the attention and the presence of you. Um, and so when I'm on tour, I'm very much all in wanting to like, you know, I, I'm looking to, I, I'm, I'm going to the UK and Europe and I've been to Paris once in my life, but we're fine. We're going back this year. And I, I, I only yeah. saw the Eiffel Tower as I drove away. So my, fa my, my claim to fame is I saw just the tip. <laughs> the tip. I want to see the whole thing this time. And, you know, it's like, it, I think sometimes, especially being a touring partner, you feel as though you have some sort of obligation to share your highs and your lows with your partner. But sometimes the most important thing that you can do is be fully there yourself so that you can then share it with your partner when you come home and have it be something, you know, that you've accomplished and something that you can look back on as a, as a great memory instead of kind of always being like, look, look at where I am. Look at the food that I'm eating. Like, I can't yeah. be that person anymore. I just can't. I want to be there. Uh, the idea that half the struggle is a struggle we create, I feel like it's just the human condition. And so I feel like to acknowledge that and be like, how can we actually make a change is, is like really inspiring to hear. Yeah. yeah I think giving, giving both part parties like permission to be like, 
hey, what do you want? How do you want to handle tour? Like, what would be best for you? Do you want to talk to me every day? Or do you want to talk to me just when you really have something important to say? And that's something you can bring into life, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do things just because that's the way they've been done or because that's what the world tells you to do. Like, you know, you don't have to have, have kids if you don't want to have kids. You don't have to have a career if you don't want to have a career. You can paint just because you love to paint and have a job that, you know, you only get to do stuff on the weekends. Whatever it is that moves you and makes you feel alive, just do it. Leave everything else out of it. And 90% of the time, we are the gatekeepers to that yeah. permission. And it's Absolutely. like, oh, it's that easy just to be like, oh, I can do what I want just, yeah. By, yeah. just by being like, oh, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so it's so freeing. Except for it's like our hidden inner sensor that's so often that gatekeeper. So we really have to, I feel like sometimes it can be as easy as being like, oh, wait, I'm telling myself no. Or it can be deep, something deeply ingrained, like that you have to talk to your, you know, be like, oh, this is like what you have to do, even though people are fight, just fighting <laughs> instead of yeah. actually communicating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also just gave myself permission recently to be like, I don't know if I'm going to have kids because I'm going to be 37, but we both tour all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. How does that even look? What does that even look like? I'm, I'm happy with my life the way that it is. So we'll just push that conversation off for another day. If we're happy right yeah. now, then nothing needs to change that, yeah. you know, uh, the clock is inevitably ticking, but I'm not afraid of that anymore because I've stopped making myself feel like, you know, that that old that old narrative that you're like, yep. oh, I will be married by 20 with mm -hmm. kids by 25. Like, mm -hmm. what? Yeah. Well, I felt like because I did everything so young, like getting married at 20, like 23 and then having kids. But it was this all it wasn't automatic, but it was this thing where I didn't really I wasn't really consciously aware that I had a lot of different choices. I came from a really small town in Minnesota and that was just like what my everyone had done. And so now I I mean, I, there are no, no regrets, of course, but like looking back, I'm like, oh, I didn't have the empowerment, I guess is like a controversial word I, I hear now, but I didn't have like the knowledge to know that I could make different choices. And so Sylvie's laying next to me in bed this morning and she's talking about one of our friends, Amanda. And she said, how come Amanda only has one baby? It's the end because she's always, Amanda has made it very clear they're not having any more babies. And, and I was like, you know, some people don't want any baby. So I'm like making it really clear to her. Some people only want one baby because babies are a lot of work and they take a lot of your time and energy. And, and so it's, um, I'm just doing my best to instill different narratives in, in my daughter, but I appreciate the fact that you've come, we're the same age and that you've come through and just said like, actually, I get to make my own choices. Well, but it, it, it also kind of felt like a little bit of a, like, like I was letting myself down for a little while at first because, you know, I passed 20, I passed 25. I moved to a new city when I was, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 26 for a relationship. That relationship ended when I was 31. I moved to Nashville completely single. I was like, if it took even past, I didn't even give myself permission to be that person until well after that fact, because yeah. here I was thinking I was yeah. kind of failing mm -hmm. the vision I had for myself when I didn't realize that I was just creating a new one. You know, I love that. Well, I'm very excited to ask you this question. Usually this question is very intimidating for people, but I feel oh, like God. you're going to kill it. I'm so excited because you have been so eloquent and inspiring so far. Um, what do you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? 
I love that I I was given a heads up on this question. And I was like, we'll cross that bridge. We um, feel like it's only yeah. fair. Just so, you know. um, I what I know to be true about myself is that I am a good person. Um, and and it's very difficult sometimes to make decisions for yourself that are good for you, but not good for everyone else. Um, and to live with the repercussions of people feeling differently than you. Uh, and for a long time, I was I was made to feel bad or I let myself feel bad about those things. And then I realized that I'm not responsible for someone's reaction to my boundaries. Um, and so it, in my heart of hearts, like, I know that there are probably some people out there that don't really like me. And that's okay. Not everyone's going to like you. There's so many reasons why people might not like you. It might be because they think you did something bad, even though you tried your best. It might be because they just aren't intimidated by you or because that you have something that they don't and they kind of begrudgingly hold it against you. And I don't know what the reason might be for people in my past that might not like me anymore, but I don't have to care. Mm -hmm. uh, that's like that's like a burden you choose to carry and and permission to like let that shit go is kind of where I'm at. Um, what I know to be true about the world is, is that um, <laughs> this might not sound as optimistic as as I it's not very optimistic. What I know about the world is, is that we're we're in this like we're in this alone and as together as we want to be. Um, the one thing that I've learned in my career and thinking from a business perspective is that like when you have the team, you might get more done. That's so not true. It, you are really your only, you are your number one and you are the only one who's only looking out for you. Um, and as, as like kind of defeatist as that might sound, I also think that that's a really huge positive tool. Um, you know, I'm not trying to like be Sylvia Plath where she <laughs> says uh, like what, uh, if you never expect anything from anyone, you're never disappointed. Um, I, I don't feel it. I, I feel that, but I feel it with like a positive spin. Like you want to know what, if I want to get something done, I can make sure I get it done. Um, if, if it's important to me, then why would I let someone do that out? Why would I let yeah. someone else be responsible for that? So that's kind of what I feel to be no true about the world. The universe, I think that the universe will give you whatever you want and whatever you need when you're ready for it. Agree. Totally. Yeah. I loved your, the world because it's so, it's such like that it's too easy to be in like a victim mindset to be like, oh, it was their fault. I didn't get this done or I didn't reach this goal or I didn't finish this project. And, and so that's where it's like that personal responsibility to be like, actually, it's all on me in the end. And so I really, I really think that's important. Art by committee is a really challenging thing sometimes. <laughs> You know, just trying to create something that feels pure and authentic and then taking this thing that you've made that you love, that you value so deeply, and then sending it through 60 sets of hands. It feels like it's just easier to speak on behalf of you yourself. Yeah. There are agendas. Yeah. I, I imagine in your case, like, you're creating on your own a lot. And so then to have to filter that through, you know, all the all the other steps of the industry. Yeah, I mean, I love music so much, but I I, I really hate the music industry. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that it goes for any kind of creative field, like anything that you do that's vulnerable, like you need to stand by what you create, not because other people like it, but because you like it. Yeah. Uh, and it's so hard to remember that when your career yes. is based on the success of what other people think about it. Yeah. And, you know, there are like getting your record reviewed is 
the shittiest thing in the world why we still allow people like this to do this shit to us like here tear me down (laughs) professionally you can't play music you can't write music but tell me why i'm not good at it oh i relate so deeply on in the writing world and i'm sure chandra does too yeah it's it's very very frustrating yeah and that's why i'm just going back to just create just make stuff just make stuff Just make stuff that makes you feel good, even if it's painting a wall in your house, because now your house feels better. Like, I'm just trying to water it down and get back to the heart of what I love doing about music, because especially putting a record out right after the pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I love this record so much, but like, I, you know, it was like, all of a sudden it was like, why, where, why am I not? touring on this how oh because it's hard right now oh because it's it's impossible to tour right now like very few bands are doing it well and 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 doing it the way they used to do it with success every like we're reading these articles from bands of all sizes um so at the end of like the day 2022 felt like okay i can put out music but i don't know if i'm ready to go back out into the world yet you know luckily there's so many different avenues now i'm all these different streams of not just revenue, but streams of pushing work out and getting it out there and not, not just necessarily for an audience, but for you just to feel seen and to feel heard and you know, that you're not just kind of treading water. Absolutely. And social media and things like Twitch too are great ways to build your community of people who just like you (laughs) instead of being all the time. Like, what do you guys think? Yeah. I want to hear about your Twitch channel. You said you played video games. I, this is not I a question do. usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do yeah. you play? Okay, so right now I am obsessed with Cult of the Lamb. Like, obsessed. I don't know this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so basically you are a lamb that was sacrificed as like in a satanic ritual. But like the... The dark underlord, when you die and you go down there, he's like, you are my chosen one. You must start your own cult and, and get followers. And so it's and you're kind still of a like, lamb? Are you playing as a lamb? I'm playing as a lamb. Oh, my God. Um, you name your cult. My cult is Cult of Snacks. Um, <laughs> at first, I named all of my followers based on people that I play video games with or like my friends and family. But then because you're a cult leader, you kind of have to start doing some pretty suspect stuff to your followers. <laughs> And it was like, you must make Joe eat a bowl of poop. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I might need to just allow them to just pick the names for me now because this sounds a little crass. Um, But you have like challenges and it's kind of like Animal Crossing where you build your own like island and you like farm and you have to feed your followers and you have to give a sermon. Oh my gosh. It's very special. Um, But then the challenges are so fun. And and so I've just been obsessed with this game. That's Um, like the perfect Twitch channel game, too. Oh, it's so fun. It is so fun. Um, And I so I stopped. I haven't been twitching as much, uh, but I'm going to be getting back into it. It took last year once once the world kind of started coming back and I was touring again. It was like, oh, right. I have my Patreon on my Twitch that existed during the pandemic. How do I do both at the same time? And it got a little hairy for a little while. Like, oh, right, you can't have a social life and then have your social life be on your computer, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I only have room for one. Recalibrate. Yeah. Yeah. 
but Cult oh. of the Lamb. It's so cute. I want to check it out. We, Claudio has a stream that he's he's also running into these same problems with, where he created this whole rig to like take out on the road and got a case and would do the things. And then it's like, bad Wi-Fi will take you down. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, now the stream will be on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. And then the, you like just kind of, you lose steam. So it's really hard to keep that whatever act, like whatever phase you had of your life during the pandemic to coast you through. Um, yeah, I felt, and then I, that can't kind of came with its old guilt where I was like, oh my gosh, my Patreon people, like I'm not giving what I used to, but I also can't give what I used to. How mm -hmm. do I, how do I transition out of this? So yeah, that was, it's tricky trying to do that, but that, that video game, I haven't been playing it on Twitch because I just genuinely love just sitting on my couch with my dog playing this game for like hours. That's when you're declining Joe's calls. You're like, oh, like not, very now busy. is not Let a good time. Yeah, not, not a good time. <laughs> We're doing oh, a sacrifice now. It's not, not a good time. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing game. And it reminds it's me really of a book that I talk about every week because I'm reading this history of magic and there's a lot of sacrifices Ooh. in the human history of magic and religion. But that leads us to our next question. Okay. What are you binge reading, watching, or listening to right now? Um, I need to Google the name of the author. So I love to read garbage. Yes. Like Good. I love uh, not garbage. I should not say it's garbage because <laughs> I, it's genuinely enjoyable to me. Yeah. Um, but I have for a long time, I was like just a big nonfiction reader. And I was mm -hmm. like, if I am not learning something from what I'm reading, then why am I reading? Oh, right. Reading is supposed to be fun. It's entertainment. <laughs> You're supposed to mm -hmm. like it. Um, and so I love trash TV. So why can't I just read books like that so i just finished this christmas themed book called kiss her once for me it's by allison cochran um it is i can't i need it i i don't want it to be a movie i need it to be a movie <laughs> i need this to be a movie i loved reading a like a christmas themed book around mm -hmm. the holidays the 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 gist of it is woman finds herself in a situation where She's in a platonic relationship with a man, but he needs to get married to get his inheritance. So they decide to have a platonic marriage situation. So the only thing she has to do to get $200,000 is go home with him for the holidays to their chateau. Okay? Oh. So she goes home with him to his chateau to meet the family, finds out his sister she had a fling with last Christmas. <laughs> Stop. Uh... I love this. Tell me that you don't need this to be a movie. It was it was so much fun. It was everything I needed from like a good book slash movie situation. I was just eating it up. It was great. I have a lot of students who want to write romance and I love it. I'm like, find the tropes that you like, the fake marriage. Mm. Yeah, the ex showing up, the chateau in winter. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just bring it. it. Was, yeah. There is skiing. There is steamy. It There's is great. Chateau. There's a chateau. It's, it was wonderful. I I very much enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where my where my brain has been at. I just I love reading fun books. Love yes. reading fun books. The kind of books where people ask like, "What are you reading right now?" And you're like, "Books." I'm reading <laughs> a books. different jacket on the yeah. outside for the subway. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, thank God it's a Kindle. Yeah, yes. yeah. I like to pepper them in the romance, the really easy reads. There's some. Evie Denmore, I really like her books. They're really smart, but they're like sexy romance books. 
Yeah, so. I love that. I, I started paying attention to Book of the Month Club and Bellatrist to kind of give me those okay. like little juicy ones. Yeah. Um, because I'm not always on the right, like I don't have them on my radar. Like I'm not as much as I love to read, I'm not very much like up to speed on what's new and what's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the Instagram I found a lot of like the romance. Mm book bloggers there's a lot of good stuff out there. a lot of holiday ones actually oh yeah. I would love to I would love to be more more uh in tune with that world it is so fun they're just so fun to read what about watching or listening to anything I just finished I just finished the new season of Emily in Paris that is what I do when Joe is gone that's yeah that show. Uh, to me anything Darren Star does is just like cool I'm going to love it the fashion is going to be amazing the writing is going to be exactly what I need it to be and it's just like the perfect amount of uh of levity um and so that's kind of what I've been watching I just yeah just finished we also just finished watching the white lotus oh, um, yeah. we'd never seen an episode of it until we got home from the holidays and then we just binged both seasons back to back and, and I then very you feel much like the and in the world but also very entertained yeah yeah <laughs> it's very conflicting the the number of feelings that arise while watching that show is very the the I, I love like the whodunit aspect of the whole situation from yeah. episode one um but then also like the subtleties and the complexities of the characters are so fascinating to me totally I've been reading a lot of think pieces on it where I'm like what is like what I'm like, I have no time. It's because I'm reading like an Atlantic article <laughs> I know. about White Lotus, you know, but <laughs> 10 people will watch the same show and have 10 different opinions about like the intent of the characters. And- uh, have you, either of you seen the movie Black Bear? Okay. Mm-hmm. I We just watched that too. And same sort of situation where I was like, I think I need to read a lot about this, <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'm not sh- even sure if I entirely like understand what happened i think i know what happened but i don't know what happened what was going on it was really fascinating oh check that what's that on um it's on netflix oh okay black yeah and it takes place up in the adirondacks which is where my parents live so i also like needed to needed to watch a movie with the adirondacks so beautiful there Mm -hmm. all right this one feels on brand what would your theme song be i think I think it has to be right now because it's oh it's it's ever changing. But I that Lizzo song, "Am I Ready to Be Loved?" That song, like that. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? Mm-mm. It's like such a dance jam where you're just like yeah, and then you're also just kind of like giving yourself permission to like be loved and like oh. celebrate life. And like oh. I, um, yeah, very much. I I don't even know if I'm saying the right if it's the right. That is the title. I think I'm gonna have to double check. I'm real bad. Real bad. I love listening to music. I will never know the song titles. Even the bands that I'm playing in, I'm like, wait, is this the which one? They're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I know song titles. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love I love that Lizzo song. I think that's my theme song right now. Just just welcoming in like the idea of abundance for this year is kind of yes. my jam at the moment. Absolutely. Okay. So besides Emily in Paris. What are the small things or guilty pleasures that you look forward to when Joe is on the road? Or maybe when you're on the road. Maybe I don't know. Road, yeah. yeah. Um, when Joe is gone, I am so bad at doing laundry. <laughs> when I tell you that I have a suitcase from the holidays 
completely packed in my basement right now, right next to my washing machine that has not been unpacked yet. I I know that Chandra's freaking out and I'm like right there with you. Yeah. I hate myself so much about about that. Um, I hate laundry. I hate doing laundry. And I also think like we live in a very small row home in South Philly. So like closet space is at a minimum. And right now I'm like, everything fits. Why would I do my laundry? Yes. I (laughs) have two more loads of laundry that have to go into this closet that clearly it's already at its capacity. (laughs) Why would I do that to myself? Um, so I love kind of abiding by my own pace. Uh, Joe is a neat freak to the to the point where like he loves having our house look like no one lives in it. Yeah. Oh, Adam is the same. In the same way. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Also, I have to tell you. I have to tell you. Um, this is my little crystal situation over here. Oh yeah. Adam gave this to Joe when they toured together, and um. we give this crystal back and forth to each other whenever we're on oh. tour. So, oh my gosh, and Joe's gone right now, and he didn't take it. Um, we've been like passing this back and forth to each other whenever we're on tour as like a little reminder, like I a little like that. thinking of you. I yeah. know. Adam loves. Oh, he tour. loves those guys. He loves the Menzinger so much. Yeah. yeah. We so have a lot crystal. of crystals. We have. Ba- I don't know if you know this about us, but we have baskets and baskets of them. I just have my sat, my little jar, and a, a couple of like points around the house. So, I love that story. I'll tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of been our little like whenever we're on tour, the one person gets the crystal. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. This. try to do little things like that you know make make the make the time make it feel a little like more communal yeah, and like little rituals I feel like and connection points are so so cute yeah and so like my last name is Goldsworthy his is Godino so I spray painted a dinosaur and called it Goldino and then I put that on his drum set <laughs> that's really cute. So oh, it's so cute so and that's your art for the day yeah we have a little gold dinosaur yeah. that travels in his drum in his drum riser <laughs> sweet I, those like little rituals are the things that matter. Yeah, it really is the small stuff, especially when um, life can be so complicated for each person, um, especially like, you know, you, when you're because when you are doing your like when they are on tour, or when I am on tour or when I'm home, like life is too different. Like we're very independent people. And I think that's why we work so well together. But even when the start of the pandemic happened, like we'd been dating for two and a half years, we'd never spent more than two weeks together. Wow. Yeah. So it was like kind of made it through. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like, oh, maybe this happened so that we could figure out if we were actually going to work out because yeah, it was very strange to like have, have, we moved in quite early together because I was living in Nashville he was living in Philly and whenever either one whenever we were both home we were like well we have to spend time together yeah so it was like so what's the point in having two rents when we could just have one and like we're never around each other (laughs) yeah yeah do you like you a pandemic I love Philadelphia I love Philly so much it has all of like it it satisfies the city um I miss New York a lot but when I go back to like, I lived in Williamsburg, it's just not, it's not the same. It's, yeah, it yeah. will never be the same, but it also it will always be the same. So like, I love only being an hour away. Yeah. Um, It's so easy to get there. It's so easy for me to like, go back and get my, get my fix. Um, I miss the weather in California, but I just didn't, it didn't vibe with me the way that, um, the way that I, I need to be, I'm an East coast girl. Mm-hmm. I'm an East coast girl. Yep. Yeah. Same. Yeah, we we were thinking about moving to LA for like a hot minute. 
It's just, uh, they're just apples and oranges. Yeah. 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 It was nice for the time, but I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I wish I had a driveway. That's all. If yeah. I could have a driveway, that'd be cool. We got a relatively new car last year and already like someone backed into it and we're like, well, we knew this was going to happen, yeah. but it doesn't make it sting any less. Mm. Yeah. Part of the parking situation is, is challenging. Ugh. Precarious. Yeah. Very, uh. very much so. Well, so when do you leave for Europe? Are you are you home for a second? Or you're like I am home. I think until the twenty fifth or twenty sixth. I probably okay. need to touch base with someone. <laughs> um, That's the life. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. the life. I, I like uh, Frank asked for my flight details, so I'm like, okay, I don't know. You're like, I better get a flight for me. <laughs> um, I don't know when though. I'll just show up when I need to. Um, but yeah, it's so yeah, I'm here for the rest of the month. And then that tour too is only like nine dates, I think. So it's cool. it's like just a cute little oh hey. Little oh hey, we have it. we have one day off, I think, on the whole tour and it's in Amsterdam. And I'm like, yes, let's yes. do this. Yeah. If you're gonna have one day off somewhere. Oh, yeah. And we're playing Melkweg, that venue that's like right in the center of Amsterdam. So mm, I love that. Couldn't venue. ask for it. Yeah, right. And the bus park's just right in the middle of everything. And you're like, oh, okay, I wake up here now. This is great. I love that. So fun. Well, have fun on that tour. And thank you so much for coming on. I hope our our paths cross. Same, same. Thank you both so much for having me. This was so wonderful. This was the best. Enjoy Paris. Very inspired. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm very excited. So fun. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay, sounds great. Thank you both so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.